0: Welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Twiniversity. Joel.
1: Nat.
0: Dude. Today. Oh, God. I'm not saying that our guests aren't beautiful. But I am saying that perhaps I've seen a different level of handsomeness mm-hmm. with one Mr. Joshua Henry.
1: Uh, yeah, he is definitely easy on the eyes.
0: It's horrible. I feel bad because I know that, uh, I shouldn't be saying that, but it's obvious. He's just an unbelievable human
1: specimen. Well, and I mean, I can't unsee it. It's the charisma, the charm he it's and the, the, the face and all of it. It's just, I mean, he's a star. Literally. He's a star. He literally is a star. He is a Broadway star.
0: This is nuts. So we we've had plenty of fancy people at Twiniversity, and we've had you know Fortune five hundred people to unbelievable you know movie stars, TV stars, radio stars. We've had everybody, but we've never had a Broadway star. I know. Although although I don't think we've done a podcast with Ashley, have we? So, and that's le- not Broadway. That's Lincoln Center. She's ballet. Right. That's something different. But She's this is like prima ballerina. This is like legit curtain up. Yeah. And we all, the audience hushes. So today I'm talking to one Mr. Joshua Henry, who is a new daddy of twins. And um, he has an older child. So that's always interesting. And we talk about such great, he gives so much credit to his wife. And sometimes when you have a guest like that, we're talking, they, they usually just talk about like their experience mm-hmm. with their twins. He's so humble and sweet and generous, not only with obviously his time since he talked to us, but the way that he speaks about her, like it makes me want to meet her.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's
0: so, we talked about the whole process of like, when you have, uh, a a talent and you want to kind of cultivate that talent and you want to balance parenthood with it and how he did it. And he told us about, I don't want to do any spoilers because you're going to listen to this, but he really was talking about how, like when they had their first child and he was in a major Broadway performance that he would go MIA and stay at a hotel sometimes Mm. so that he could be at his best which is like a catch 22, right? Because you want to be there with your new baby. But at the same time, you were hired to do this job that's temporary. And when you have, it's, it's not even a talent. It's like a talent, passion, gift that should be shared with the world because you know that you have something that could bring joy to so many people. But it's weird, Joel. What do you think about that? Let's talk about this for a second. If you knew that you had a superpower, Mm -hmm. And in order to share your superpower with the universe, which then, by the way, the people that are witnessing your superpower will then receive a bit of it, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be times that your family is going to have to stay kind of behind your superpower. How would you handle that? Because you yourself as a wonderful thespian. Hey, what'd you call me? I called you a (laughs) thespian, acting. Do you remember John Lovitz on SNL? Uh, Acting. Yes, Yes, of course. That was always the best. So how do you handle that as like, you know that your passion is singing. How did I literally
1: handle it? I literally, I literally mourned. I mourned my former life because, you know, I was, a musical theater actress—that—that that yeah. was my passion. I went to school for that. I went to college. Well, I also went to be for directing as well. But um, my after I left college, you know, the majority of what I did was musical theater. I mean, I toured. I was in major productions in Chicago, and I really wanted to start a family. And um, as soon as I realized I was pregnant with twins, uh, I knew that it was going to be. Difficult, if not impossible. Yeah. So, but when it's the mom, it's a lot harder. It just is, you know, like, I just know, I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to go back to it. And at the same time, I also knew, I know what goes into that. Yeah. The hours. The, the exhaustion and I knew that I wouldn't even be able to do those hours and to handle that kind of exhaustion on top of a full-time job and on top of raising my family while they were young and yeah, they're yeah. still you know they're eight and a half now but I still can't see myself doing a you know a show until they're really old enough to not really be interested in spending time with me anymore so it Which could be never. I I mean, really, honestly, but, you know, at some point they're just going to want to hang out with their friends. And then I feel like it's, it's my time again, but I I really don't think I could even go back to those hours. I mean, it would be rehearsals like almost every night, you know, and then once you actually are in the show, you know, you're doing, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday matinee, sometimes two shows on Saturdays, sometimes Wednesday nights and, And I'm not going to make a full-time salary from that. Like I still have to have a day job, you know, with you doing what I love for Twiniversity. So I feel like when I am finally going to be able to go back to the stage, it will be in the form of um, community theater where it will be less rehearsals, shorter runs of the show. um, And then I'll just get to play all the parts that I was always meant to play. Maybe you could just write a one woman. (laughs) Don't, don't think I haven't thought about doing that.
0: Why wouldn't you?
1: Um, It's a lot of work and it's a lot of coordinating. It's a lot of hiring people and having money to do that because you have to pay people to like be your band or even just a piano player or hire somebody to be your director, music director. There's a lot more that goes into it than you would think. If I could play piano myself, I could make my own show, but I absolutely cannot do that. In
0: my brain, I would just try to teach myself how to play piano. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, my hands don't like doing two different things at once. I have extraordinarily stupid hands. So, my right hand is really good at doing stuff. My left is basically, it might as well be a stump. Like, I'm horrible. Like, if I try to pick things up with my left hand, I'm like, how does this work? Like, I definitely. But you type super fast. So, okay, why but... couldn't that translate into piano? Uh, you know, that's a really good point. And Thank I'm going to pretend like you didn't ask me that because I don't have the answer.
0: I hear you type. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, she had it again. All right. So
1: if you, to have,
0: if you were to have a one woman show, what would it be called? Oh God.
1: I actually first wanted to do a one woman show on the struggle with uh, infertility,
2: mm-hmm. but then
1: I thought probably no one would want to come see it. So that that's not a reason nice. to not make it um but i i was thinking it could be like um songs that have to do with those kinds of feelings like popular songs um interspersed with patter interspersed with different little monologues about mm-hmm. my feelings cuz i actually wrote a blog while i was going through infertility um i don't even know how i would access it it's like private and i can't even remember the password, but (laughs) it's all there. It's somewhere. Did I print it? I should have probably. Anyway. Like that. I know. So what would the name of it be? It would probably be, oh, I think I had, um, I actually had an idea. I wanted to do a a play on the word art, assisted reproductive technology, something about Um, the the art of, I don't know, the art of creating a family or the um, work of art something like that I thought that would be kind of fun but nobody knows what art stands for so like that's true. that would be that would be clever to me and no one else <laughs> um, no but
0: the people who were going through um infertility issues or had that everybody would know it that knew that language yeah but see like nobody thought people would go see the vagina monologues that's
1: true I have everybody's seen like monologue. what that's a show
0: <laughs> and I'm like yep yeah, it's totally a show I love that idea. I always say that when I teach class, and I wonder if you're like this too, when we teach Twin university class, I always feel that it's 85% education, uh, 15% one woman show. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it might even be a little bit more because I, more for me, the one woman show, because I always, I don't know what it is that I feel like people don't want to listen to what, what I have to say. Like they don't really care. That's Maybe that's, I probably should talk to my therapist about that. That's a you problem. That's I think not it's a me reality. problem. I think I get cut yeah. off a lot in general in my life. So I think I've kind of developed a uh, talk fast and quickly and concisely to make sure I get my thoughts out before someone changes the subject or <laughs> cuts me off because there's just a lot of people in my life and my family that do that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Someday a lot. I'll go back. It's fine. It. I,
0: I really enjoy that. Never, never would have ever, never would I ever have had any desire to do anything acting wise. I do, I did, I was part of the drama club in college. Oh, really? Yes. How fun is and that? And I, I couldn't tell you what the play was about, but not only was I part of the drama club. mm mm-hmm. I was the president of the Drama Club.
1: Of course you were.
0: Julie, but in <laughs> right now thinking, I have no idea. I remember that there was this one part and we had like a like a mini theater area, but it wasn't like what you would say is a theater. It's like what a New York City crappy college theater would look like. So it was actually yeah. like, like steps and everybody just sat on the steps like bleachers. That and sounds then- like
1: storefront theater in Chicago, so-
0: our our main lead was Haitian with a very heavy accent, and I remember him popping off one of the steps and saying, "It's flea, it's flea. What do you want from me?" That's my only memory of my entire presidential drama club experience. So, now, did you guys write your own shows? We did. We wrote. Oh, and I wrote a show, I wrote a play in um fifth grade. Oh, that's cool. I did, but I only did it, i it's so crappy because there was this boy's name was Warren Duffy. I'm totally going to look him up on Facebook after this. Um, but like, I wanted to like hang out with him more because he was like cool. And he lived on like governor's Island. And I wanted to be like, hey, Warren, you want to be part of my play? And so then I had to write the play when he said, yes. <laughs> classic Nat, fifth grade, fifth grade. I was still classic Natting it. You
1: want to be my, in my play? Yes.
0: Baby. Oh my God, I have to write a play. Hey, we used to talk about Alf too all the time.
1: Oh my God. I had an Elf doll. Did you, he, he was like super into it. I only watched it because he watched I it. Loved Elf. And I would bring that Elf doll with me to school and. Would you? Bring it on the playground. Yeah. I remember writing about it in my diary. Was that <laughs> in sophomore year? <laughs> How old was I? Second, I second was grade? 26. First grade? Second grade? I oh, know, but that's cool. I think I still, it's gotta be, I think it's in my mom's attic where everything goes. It would
0: make sense for second grade for our ages for me to be in fifth.
1: Okay. So
0: Ish, yeah. depending. Second so, yeah,
1: something like that. All right, well, we
0: digress from- So Al- go
1: look up ALF because you probably have no idea what we're talking about. It stands for alien life form. It was a sitcom on a major network. I don't even know which one. It was either ABC or something like that. That's- and it was, the, it was awesome. It was a family who basically took in this- Alien. It was, it was back when E.T. and all those were really popular. And so they, they bring in this alien to live with them, but he's like furry and, um, is basically he's a cats. comedian. He eats cats and he, he's a comedian esp- essentially. Cause he, he just is always cracking jokes, but then they have to hide him. And I don't know why oh. they felt, I, I don't know why <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. Thank you. I don't Thank know you. why they felt they had to harbor him, but they did. And that was they all, the they whole did. show. It's like, true. It's true. I mean, like You know, he's really not the responsibility though. Maybe they, I don't know. I should really go back and watch the pilot and see like, well, what, where does this come? Or maybe I'll just go on Wikipedia in all my free Uh, time.
0: Sometimes when we watch a show that's so weird, my husband and I play the game called what did that writing room sound like?
1: At least a bunch of people smoke. And then then we say,
0: okay, here's my, we make the pitch
1: for the here's show. Here's the pitch, yeah. Here's
0: my idea. There's this alien that shows up out of nowhere. He can, he exclusively consumes cats and he ends up living with a family who he then has to hide in the
1: basement and from everybody else in the neighborhood. Go. I love it, kid. Sold. You're going places. Do it. Come oh, on. This is also Why when that? Harry and the Henderson was very popular. That so was it was good. again, like harboring some sort of foreign life form. And then if people found out about it, everything was would go to theme. haywire. I loved Harry and the Hendersons. So that's one of my favorites. That was good. Agreed. It's a great family movie. Uh, Except for so the many, guns, but you know.
0: There's, there's so <laughs> many, so many things. My family, we went to go see Harry and the Hendersons while the rest of my family went to go see the Untouchables. Okay. okay. Well, on Thanksgiving. That, that makes sense. That was nice. So my father just had to take all the kids and then all the other adults. That was the only time. My entire family, like extended family, went to the movies. Why? As a unit on Thanksgiving, I'll never quite understand how that happened.
1: <laughs> well, that's but, the thing. We always used to go. Uh, was it Thanksgiving? No, wait. I'm thinking of Christmas because I'm Jewish. We go no, going we Christmas legit, to the movies. We had like a big Thanksgiving dinner and my
0: uncle was like a super wackadoo. And he was like, let's all go to the movies. And we're like, great. <laughs> but there's like 25 of us. And so we went. So okay, basically we filled ours. the whole theater we did uh are you ready Itta. to meet Pastor Henry and oh, see about alas. his
1: theatrical experience oh, the Yorick I knew him well Horatio yes see? look at that wasted time. up I know man I could have been somebody you are somebody I got to audition for some uh, from Broadway tours
0: I got in the room somebody. why would you say you could have been somebody you're somebody you're the somebody that you're supposed to be blah 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 I hate when people say that but you know what I mean <sighs>
1: <laughs> blah, 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 blah. thank you for yes. giving me grace nat i know that oh julie all right all right you ready she to meet not him? like that phrase We hate the grace phrase. i don't know why she just hates that
0: yeah but then i don't want them to know because if somebody says it <gasps> i don't want somebody on the podcast to be like oh my god oh, I can't with grace I need nineteen yellow M and M's and never use the word grace. <laughs> That's in their writer <laughs> and your writer, Absolutely. Natalie Diaz. Has uh, a very oh, secret. I should have asked Joshua if he has any crazy things in his writer. He actually <laughs> has probably a writer like a real person. He probably does. All right, you ready <laughs> to talk to a fancy, fancy, easy on the eyes, unbelievable husband, father? Oh, you, you know ready? Ans-
1: you know the answer to this question. I do. All oh, right, yeah. guys.
0: Introducing. <laughs> Mr. Joshua Henry! Let's play a game called, did you know that? So here, I'm going to go first, okay? Did you know that there is a difference between disinfecting and cleaning? Well, if you said, uh, I actually have no idea. Well, I'm going to tell you that cleaning is the first step before disinfecting and it actually needs to be done on a regular basis to remove germs and dirt and dust and all that other good stuff from surfaces. Plus keeping a surface clean will actually help minimize growth of future germs. Well Teba Towels heavy duty cleaning wipes are one of my all-time favorite products since I was introduced to them. I don't even know how long ago it was I honestly thought that they were like a product that you know like grease monkeys kept in the garage I had no idea that they are a mom favorite and so since we've discovered them Twiniversity mom squad is just eating them up not literally because I don't think that they are food grade but seriously guys you could use these things on everything you could use them on countertops tables appliances walls and don't even get me started on how fantastically they clean the inside of my dish washer the top of my range and the rim of my instapot you know that's disgusting over there but not only does it clean and it is so tough on dirt and grease and grime but it's so gentle on your hands it's crazy and it smells so good true story I often open a tub of towel single pack wipe and take remove the towel and just leave it in the cup holder of my car as an air freshener That's how much I love it. But tub towels removes food stains, grease, ink, paint, stickers, permanent markers, nail polish, bugs, bird poop, and everything else that's hard to remove. It just removes it with ease. With over 30,000 five-star reviews, tub towels heavy-duty cleaning wipes can be found at your local hardware store, Lowe's, Home Depot, Amazon, anywhere that you're pretty much buying anything these days or, you know, you could always go over to uh, tuboftowels.com, and it's tubotowels.com. Mm, today we are talking to one of the most handsome twin dads we've ever had, Grace, our podcast, Mr. Joshua Henry. Now, you may know him as a singer, a screen actor that you could have seen on Sex in the City blast from the past for you, Joshua. Mm. Uh, Most recently, a a Tony-nominated stage performer, seen from everything from The Wiz to Hamilton to In the Heights and back around. I'm, I'm honored to have you here. And it's really only because your most recent role, which is getting the most attention from us, is as a twin dad. So welcome to Twiniversity, my love.
2: Thank you so much. It's very kind of you. And it's it's wonderful to talk to you today. I'm excited because I feel like I have a a lot to learn. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to to jump in with you. Mm,
0: All right. Well, first things first. Yes, you've had a very impressive career. But today we're talking about your most recent role which is, it's gotta be hard. And I I wanna talk about how this, the whole creativity of your spirit blends with parenthood. But first things first, what we wanna know, tell us about the 20s. So how old are they now? How are things going? Give us the behind the music of the Henry twins.
2: Sure, so the twins are uh, two boys, Max and Leo. They are now three and a half months old. Um, they're just at the stage now where, well, they're smiling a lot. They're doing that nice little pigeon coo, which is just, melts <laughs> your heart. Um, and they're now, you know, it's early, but the last two days they've been sleeping like four hours, mm. five hours. So I'm like, Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. 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 So you try not to get too excited about that, but look, you know, um, it's an amazing uh moment. They are so different. Um, mm. the personalities are completely opposite. They're they're not identical too. So um uh Max is really he's kind of like Yoda, like he just kind of like looks through your soul. It's like, You want to give me milk? Um, and Leo is Leo's like, so where's the milk? It can be like two seconds ago. It's so different, but um it's a... Uh, it's a really great moment. It's a really challenging moment. Um, you know, just lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watching my incredible wife Catherine do what she does in, in breastfeeding them and being up around different parts of the clock to just be there for them, and and that's a challenge on its own. So it's a beautiful time to to paint the billboard. It's beautiful. It's challenging. It's rewarding and um, it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, I love newness, and and it's it's. I feel like I'm in a juicer right now, so hopefully, it's squeezing out the best parts of me. We
0: hope we'll see what oh. comes out. I actually know it will. I have no doubt. I know that at, you know, three and a half months, things are kind of gray and they get really bright for a minute and then they dull a little bit, but I promise you it it ends up being rainbows and puppy dogs towards the end. Now you, because of your, your very kind of, I, I would say that you probably have a more militant personality than others because of the career that you chose, right? You can't just show up on stage one day and be like, I'm gonna wing it. It's not something that you could really just wing it. So how was preparing for roles in any roles you've had similar to, being, to preparing for the role of fatherhood?
2: That's a great question. You know, with a role like say, when I did Carousel on Broadway, I knew thankfully like, a year in advance which mm-hmm. is so grateful for that and you know i'm i'm learning i'm i'm reading about how the composers felt when they wrote the music i'm uh, i'm trying to find characteristics between me and the character to try to you know overlap mm-hmm. um you know i'm i'm working out um to be able to have the stamina with my lungs to sing a something eight times a week you know with so i i did take that approach to having twins. Now, for me, um, I know that like, I, my body is not the thing that is, is going to be used to support these twins. Like that's, that's Catherine. But it, it was important for me to be able to, to understand that I'd have sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. And then I always want to be there for them. You know, I always want, I don't want to be tired. At, you're going to be tired, but like, I don't want to, I want to have enough lung capacity and energy mm-hmm. to be there for Samson, who's also, who's three years old, my, my oldest, and, you know, to get through these sleepless nights. So, you know, I was, you know, <laughs> leading up to their birth in March, I tried to step it up physically um, with my little workout bands. I wasn't quite at the gym yet, but um, I had that in mind. I put on my little, my little dry erase board, like my little workouts, and, and I would think, who. I would think about them and and how I wanted to be strong for them mm-hmm. and for Samson. And, and cause there've been times when, you know, well, I knew the time would come and there have been times when the twins need something, but Samson's also like, Hey, do you want to play hide and seek right now? And those are the moments where, you know, physical preparation is one thing, but I, for me, it was, uh, the spiritual preparation of, you know, sort of just like affirming and saying out loud mm-hmm. over and over who I want to be um, and what I want the environment to be. Like, I will literally wake up in the morning and be like, you know what? There's wholeness here. Peace is here. Harmony is here. And I would say that to myself before I even, you know, before the twins came, and that's something that we just sort of repeat in the house. Because, uh, you know, the environment is, gets more complicated, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> with, with young babies. It's a baby. nice way of putting it. You know, so it, it um, that's the, kind of the preparation that I did. Um, and I'm I'm grateful that I did that because you no know, matter, matter how much you prepare, mm-hmm. life, you know, with twins, it's, you just get thrown all these different curveballs. Somebody's vomiting here, you know, somebody just bumped their head, you know. So, um, but yeah, you really got to prepare yourself, That's that's <laughs> really have to prepare themselves, and as much as they think they're just gonna be like, oh, you know, yeah, I'll hold it when I hold the baby, you know, but it's it's a lot more than that. And so much of the work is I I, I take on is like it's my work. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, the twins are gonna do what baby what, what babies do, but you know that's that's sort of some of the prep that I did.
0: Now, before they got here. Okay, you and Catherine already have your older child so you've been there done that you had kind of like a groove right so he's your, your son's been here for a minute so you were performing, you know when he was born. Now. How has this been different than the first time around, whether it being, are we weirdly thankful for the silver lining of COVID? Like there, you know, while the pandemic was definitely horrendous, especially to your industry at large, uh, and that is a stage more than I think anything, it just literally paused it here in New York City. How was this time around, what were the opportunities maybe that you had with the 20s? That you didn't have the first time around and how was it different
2: you know i think that that's a great question with with the pandemic it was it, the silver lining was i got to be home with Catherine, mm-hmm. morning and night i'm giving samson a bath every night in 2020 <laughs> whereas when i'm in the show i'm not doing that at all i wouldn't have that opportunity um katherine got crazy sick. I mean, like she had to just be laying down most of the pregnancy, mm-hmm. one pregnancy. So that was, um, the Silver Line was being able to be there yeah. pretty much the entire time. When Samson was born, I was opening Carousel on Broadway doing mm-hmm. the lead role of Billy Bigelow, which is probably one of the hardest roles in musical theater. He was born on the day off Somehow he's just miraculously was born on the Monday where we're dark at the theater. We're not Mm -hmm. doing shows, but, but there were times when I was literally not even sleeping at home Mm -hmm. because I I had to get sleep in order to do my job. So, you know, I was like sleeping at a a hotel, I'm sleeping on the couch. Sometimes I was sleeping at a hotel because if I didn't, I would not be able to Mm -hmm. do my job, provide for my family. So, um, this, it really was a blessing, you know, last year. In, in, in that I got to be with my family, be there the enti- pretty much the entire time.
0: That's got to be tough though. And I'm, I'm thinking of it through Catherine's eyes. I know that any partner that has a demanding job, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, an oil rig worker, I mean, it's, it's, there's definitely a bazillion really challenging careers out there, but how did you, how did you handle that? Because when Samson was born and you were there and he was little. You were so close, but yet so far. What do you think think that some of the strategies that you and Catherine developed that first time around that have come into play now that the 20s are here, that there was no discussion about it because we already had been there?
2: You know, those are the best moments when you have this understanding based on your experience as a parent and you just have that eye contact when something goes down and you're like, Mm -hmm you got that i got that okay okay, okay. break uh, <laughs> so i think communication was massive mm-hmm. you know early on with, with samson say you know it was i guess i just kind of felt like everything was going to be okay because we were i was doing the thing that i did and Catherine was going to take some time out for her to do what she did and it, it really wasn't the case it was yeah. super super hard especially for Catherine, because it's this it's just this newness and and now you know so we had to get to the place where we were communicating like all the time about how we were feeling mm-hmm. um, about the support that we both needed um, uh, and and that that was like priority mm-hmm. you know for you, you, i don't care if it's 10 minutes at 1 in the morning this is when we're going to sit down when when there's uh when we're in the eye of the hurricane and talk about things And so right now we do that, you know, with the twins (laughs) when they're, and when everyone's to bed, thankfully like at eight o'clock we take inventory, we we find a moment, it might be once or twice a week, Mm -hmm. um, but we we do that. So that's one of the practices that we definitely um, honed the first time around. Um, I mean, without that, you're just, you're just, you know, just going in circles and you're not listening to each other or you're not hearing each other. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Communication was huge that we really developed that the first time around. And it was by trial and error. Like, mm-hmm. it, I, you know, you, I thought we had great communication, right. When, when Samson was here, but turns out I wasn't listening closely enough to understand, you know, for instance, that she needed much more support, you know, and, I had to take that seriously so this time thankfully you know we have a we're like okay we got to get a nanny early early right um first time we got a full-time nanny this you know this past january thankfully we can and um before march you know it was january so that samson could get used to her Mm -hmm. and good and then you know we got the family there that was going to be there for the first six to eight weeks Mm -hmm. um when they were born so we had it set up early that we were going to have this pad of support. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Now with everything that you're doing, I imagine that whether it's you're working on music or working on a new script, you definitely have to get very absorbed into whatever that you're doing. How do you think that now that, that you're a dad of three... And instead of having one dude looking towards you to be a dad, now you have three, right? Mm-hmm. How do you think that you could put the cart before the horse again, like you did with the help? What do you think that you could do now so that they never feel like the lesser part of your life? Mm. Cause I got to imagine honestly, yeah. Joshua. And like, that's the one thing that you and I have in common is that we're like rip off band-aids, let's have talks. But, you know, when you have somebody who has a very um, high performance job, it's, there's going to be times that they may feel like they're the second fiddle, Catherine too. I mean, it just, it's inevitable that it's going to happen, but what are some things that you could do? Because now that there's three against one with her being at home, how are you going to do this? Like, how are you going to balance this whole self, you know, uh, creativity immersion with yet reality?
2: You know, I, I think it's thinking about the different parts of my life, um, not as separate, and thinking about them like rings of like, a, you know, that Olympic uh, symbol, yes. mm-hmm. you know, overlapping like that. I used to really think, you know what, you are this high performance rocket ship performer and you do that and then you put that away and then you go home and then mm-hmm. you be dad. And, you know, I, I have to think about it more integrated now. I when I'm here you know, in my office about to create, uh, I'm thinking about them first. Yeah. If I'm tired, they're the first things that come to my mind. If I'm doing a workout, I ha- they're my fuel. Mm-hmm. I always say like, now I do two reps for Leo. I-, I do, if I'm like tired, it's like, okay, two more for Leo, two more for Max, two more for Samson. And and I think, th- you know, what I want to- them to understand is that this is the way the daddy feels led to live his life mm-hmm. and it's my passion. It's my love and it looks different, yeah. you know, than any, than a lot of people. And that's okay. I th- uh, Different is wonderful. I think we talk about that with Samson a lot. Like you don't have to do what everyone else is doing, you know, and to, to, to not just be successful but to be whole, right? Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it's getting Samson and getting them, Max and eventually involved in everything that I do as much as possible. For instance, I did a concert the other day, um, right here in, in New York on the Upper West Side with a friend and I brought Samson to the rehearsal because he loves music. So I brought him in his little headphones. Oh. He doesn't want it to be too loud. So I just sit right there and you know, he see me on YouTube and you see mm-hmm. me, you know, just different clips, but bring him to the rehearsal, you know? Bring him to a performance if I can soon as yeah. as much as possible. I, I want to bring him along, but I, I think the idea that like this is that this is the thing that makes this is why I'm here. This is why Daddy is here. This is my purpose now. Yeah. And and I want them to understand that you know. And I'll, I'll, last thing about that is I had a friend Andrea Burns who's, who who made a beautiful illustration about you know people that do what we do. Um, it's like I. Think about it like a, a, a three-piece jazz combo. Sometimes the family life is going to be the solo, you know, and other times that's going to go down because you do what you do to support the family, and that's going to be the solo. That's the bass, mm-hmm. you know, solo taken off, or sometimes it's the, the drum solo, and it's different. It's not being too harsh with myself because, yeah, that's, I want to be with them all the time, yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, um, but thinking about the ebb and flow. Of things and understanding that there are seasons and moments for quality time, mm-hmm. making them important, and then understanding what makes me tick and really holding on true to that. And hopefully, they'll witness that and get the the full the full picture.
0: I love that. That's really a really beautiful analogy. It really is. It, it's such a great way of thinking of it, But there's another thing that we have to add into here, right? So we have a whole other partner to hear when how are you going to balance it so that she gets to express herself and live her dream and and do what she does? How is that going to work? Is that going to be family stepping in? Is that going to be more, you know, kind of paid help that comes in? How do you foresee this long-term going?
2: Well, for, for Catherine, one of the things that we we talk about is, is like love languages. I don't know if you know about that, but like, the thing that makes me tick is not the thing that makes her tick. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of her, her primary love language is quality time. And so my, you know, I want to make sure that what I do is not the whole thing that govern, you know, what I want, how I want to run is the, the only thing that happens here. And so when it comes time to giving her quality time, she loves to go on trips, you know, she loves to go on date nights. And so, I'm finding that as long as those things are in place mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, as much as I can curious and, and want to put those things on the calendar so that they're happening, then, then things are great. You know, I, I'm one of the things that I, you know, where, where Catherine and I are, are opposite in a lot of ways is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the one in the clouds and she's like the anchor in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And I'm like, babe, you know, if there's ever anything that you want, you know, or how can I, if you ever wanna sh- switch this ship around in a different way, let's really talk about that. And and I really mean that. And then those are the conversations that we have. Right now she's in the, the thick of being a mother, trying to do everything right, listening to a thousand voices. And, and oftentimes I feel like I, Sometimes I feel like the like uh, the rose-colored glasses guy being like, babe, we can do whatever it is that you wanna, you know, do right now. And so I wanna be sensitive to not just being like, you wanna go to Tahiti? You know, she's like, babe, <laughs> like let's be you know, so so it's just being it being, I wanna be sensitive to to anything she might want to do, any way mm-hmm. she might want to mold this family situation in a different way. But I know that quality time is the thing that, that really gets her, um, makes her feel alive. And like this thing is working mm-hmm. in, a, in a well-oiled way. Um, but I could, you know, I, I, I wanna challenge myself to, to always think about that more, you yeah. know? Um,
0: it's tough, you know. it's tough to keep in mind. And we talk about this a lot at Twin University about how the kids are only yours for a few minutes. And your partner's there forever, right? Because our job is to raise our kiddos so that they are not playing video games in our basement while we support them, right? We want them to be fantastic members of the community, be it whatever that means for for you and your family. So it's, it's really... Great that you have realized this early on. And I think that Samson was definitely a benefit that you kind of had that, that trial run of parenthood before kind of the uh the you know the the big game here with the twenties, It's it's so critical that you guys remain a unit because not only are you raising them to get out, but you're also teaching them what love is. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you have family members that might be even, you know, critical towards the way that she's parenting. You know, it's important that you guys always stay put as a family. And how are you dealing with that? Like how, you know, I, I honestly, I can't see you playing the role of a bad guy in real life. I just can't, (laughs) you just, you're you're such a, a sweet guy with such a big heart and you wear it on your sleeve. It has to be tough for you to, to kind of be the one that's like, okay you know, I have to protect Catherine from whether it's her family that's telling her she's not doing this right, because, you know, why do you need a car seat? I love when when uh, another generation gets involved in the stupid things we do, like sunscreen. It's insane, <laughs> the, the stupidity that we go through. But how are you kind of acting as a gatekeeper and playing this role of the protector of her?
2: Uh, you know what, gatekeeper is a good word. Um, I'll, I'll use the word pit bull because like <laughs> this is where the smile kind of goes away, to be perfectly honest. And sometimes to a fault when, when it comes to her and, and people's opinions, um, even close family members, mm-hmm. let's just say that, you know, I get really cut and dry and black and white. And I'm like, well, we're not doing that because you don't want to do that. And, and sometimes it's too much because she's like, oh no, I, well, I just want to like talk about it more. And I'm like, okay, well, but you said that you want to do that. I, I, you know, I'm here for you mm-hmm. and I want to be your, you know, cheerleader. And um, and, and those are, you know, I, I can give like one example is, is, you know, during during COVID last year, um, you know, we wanted our families to be able to visit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our families have different views on, on that. And, and we wanted just to be as safe as possible as they did as well. And conversations came up around, well, maybe I should just come up for this amount of time. And one of the things we talked about was like, you know, quarantining and, and making that solid. And, you know, long story short, the things that were on her heart for me were, were not an option. Mm -hmm. um and I wanted to you know know, sometimes in expressing that to to family it can be awkward yeah you know or or just like hey the conversation goes well you know what this is the way that it's going to be um if you're cool with this you know even my incredible you know dad who is wonderful you know we had a talk and it was just like look I understand you want to be here but like if 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 you don't want to do it this way this time mm-hmm. then it may be like 6 months from now but we still want you here yeah. so it's like i'm trying to to be the good guy but I, if i have to be the bad guy like you know you got i, I don't i just feel like you got to be really to me that's when i feel like the most the happiest when i'm i'm being like a a, a like a guard dog for my family yeah that's when i'm like be. oh yeah okay this is this is my role you know because it's just, there's some precious stuff going on here. Yeah. And and, and I, I don't, I just want to elevate that, you know, like way above the, the puddles down mm-hmm. there. Um, sometimes, you know, and, and you can't make everybody happy. You just can't. Yeah. You know, and people, you know, people might hold on to what they want to hold on to. That's cool, though. Well,
0: with the crazy things that we've taken from you know our families spitting things at us that are totally nonsensical what are some of the things that since you mentioned that you had such a great dad what are some of the things that you're hoping to duplicate from your own childhood to give to your boys
2: i think the biggest thing that i want to duplicate is the idea that they're connected to something that's bigger than mommy bigger than daddy bigger than the sky that there is an endless, creative, limitless source mm-hmm. um, that I call God, but that can be called synonymous with just a higher, something outside of their five senses. Um, and, and I want them to get a, a, a good sense of that because I think that's, from there, you can, they'll be able to, whether they wanna go into music or be an astronaut or do whatever they want to do. They'll they'll understand that there are no limits for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we start each day, Samson and I, breathing and and putting our hands together and saying, "Thank you, God, for another day." And doesn't know what God is, and you know that will take some explaining. And it does he doesn't have to believe in it the way that my parents did. And mm-hmm. but just that there's something that we've got to give credence, reverence to that allows this wonder to happen. Um, I think for me, that's the biggest thing. And also uh, just being able to be present, you know? Yeah. There's so much happening all the time. Life just gets more complicated and, you know, for him to be able to see, and I'm not always, (laughs) I'm not always as present as I wanna be, but to be able to sit with the twins in, in both hands when Catherine mm-hmm. and I are holding him, for Samson to see that and to see vomit on my shoulder and to hear crying. And I look Samson in the eyes, I'm gonna and uh, And I'm like, do you hear how loud it is right now? You, know, do you hear how loud it is right now? Even right now, like we can breathe in this moment. Like we can, we can breathe even with this vomit, even how loud it is. Um, if I can give that gift to them, if we can do that as a family, then then yeah. that, that's what I want to hopefully pass on. That's the most important things to me.
0: That's great. That's that's so sweet. It's true. Even in this moment, we could still live. It's, it's sure Catherine is rolling her eyes while you're telling Samson that and going, I don't want to hear it right now. It's you three o'clock what? in the morning.
2: Facts. Facts. <laughs> you know, and that, you know, it, it, no jokes. i like, yeah, I, I get it. But like, <laughs> those are the, those are also, you know challenging moments where you're like, you know, there's the reality of what's happening right here. Yeah. And there's different viewpoints and there's trying to impart lessons. And um, it's all a experiment in trying to be sensitive for me. Yeah. To her, um, cause not trying to minimize the moment, you know um, and I'm an eternal optimist. She's not, and that's wonderful. That's why we work so well together. Um, she sees a lot of the, 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 the nitty gritty of what needs to happen from point yeah. from minute one to minute three. Yeah. And, and I'll be like, this day is going to be amazing. And she's like, well, cool, but go ahead and get the gripe water and get the coconut <laughs> oil and the, the ba- body wash. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like those two things that you have to be held at the same time. What do you
0: think is your biggest problem that you're having at home right now and maybe is that because i could imagine when you have such different personalities like you guys do and one person has to be the organizer detailed you know the disciplinarian like she gets all the hard work but how like i don't know i have so many questions about how are you making that work Like, how are you making it work that she doesn't get resentful that your head is in the clouds? And how do you say, okay, calm down, like take a minute and take a breath. How do you guys find that balance on a regular daily basis?
2: That's a really great question. And I, first of all, let me just say organizer. She's a master organizer, you know? And like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. I just, and I'm like, thank you so much, baby. Thank you God for like, that you can, you know, that I've gotten, that's who I have. Um. And I would say that I'm a little bit more of like the disciplinarian, but the way, I would say this is the hardest thing for, for, mm-hmm. for, for us right now is the expectation of how we view certain moments. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that if I'm hearing the babies cry, 90% of the time, I think to myself, you know what? This is what babies do. I'm so glad that like I can hear their voice and it doesn't like, I I equate it to music sometimes, you know, and for her, it's like, she's dealing with this more than I am right around the clock. So she's like, I just want them to shut up. She loves them eternally. But like, so, so having those two viewpoints in the same moment Mm -hmm. can be a little, eh, 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 you know, and so for me, I have to be, you know, sensitive in the way that I, that, you know, and, and this is something that I like, honestly like, get quiet about and listen and pray about because I, when you bring in, you don't want to be like the, the guy, what's the Kool-Aid guy? Like coming mm-hmm. into <laughs> a, a funeral or something, be like, hey. And so I want to be sensitive to the atmosphere of when mm-hmm. I'm going out to my office and then coming back, or if I go out for a concert for a day and then come back, um, to really just be sensitive to how things are being run and, and, and how she thinks about these moments. And, and I think the biggest challenge is, and we had this talk the other night, is respecting the way that each of us view the moment, mm-hmm. right? If I'm like, this is beautiful, and she's like, yo, this is, this sucks. Yeah. Both things are true, both things. And we have to both be able to express those things. Um, and that's not easy, you know, when there's a lot of things happening, um, because you go to your defaults, you go to what you really believe about this, the the world and, and, and there's no, this is not better than the other, but that's where we are. That's our biggest challenge. I would say.
0: That's good. It's tough. It's really tough. I think that having conflict, it's not like I, I, I'm using the word conflict as really tough, But it could be really irritating to have somebody that's perpetually positive when you are not even remotely in that mind space. And it seems so like, who are you? Like, how did you get here? And I understand. And it happens a lot. It doesn't even happen with partners. It could happen with people that just come in from outside that came in fresh. And then you got 20s and you're like, this is like, I don't even know what day it is. Like me and you started this conversation. I have no idea what day it is. What time is it? We know the year. That's basically all. It's all we got right now. But it's it's great that you could keep a positive Outlook on things. And I think it it eventually, whether it's whether eventually she trickles into it enough that she becomes the positive one, or even if a little bit of it goes to the boys, that would be fantastic. But at the end of the day, the thing that also might be hard for you is that biologically, like she's just very different because she had these kids and they came out and you know, she has this cave person that's living inside of her. That's like, okay, the cry means this. And this means that, and you're like, it's music. It's beautiful music. I would go crazy, Joshua. I would literally go nuts.
2: Like you hear Bach right now? I'll be like, what? Shut up. Give me a diaper. and And that's me. Like, I really have to understand that about myself and understand that that's not always appropriate you know, to, to express at every moment,
0: Sweet though. It's really sweet. And she knew what she was getting into. So it's not, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise, but like, I, there's a piece of me that like envies your wife because of that constant positivity and, and that you could find a spin on it that nobody else could see because your eyes were made very differently than the majority of humans, which is why you get to do the things that you do. You know, like when you were created, you were created from a different mold. Everybody could say we're cut from the same cloth. That's not true. It really isn't. Everybody was created differently the way that you were nurtured, the things that you appreciated, the opportunities that you had. You would just created a, a very special, unique, talented, and gifted person that has a way of seeing things that many people don't. Because even the things that you write about yourself, even your Instagram captions, I'm going to tell you right now, Joshua, they're so soulful that, you know, I can't tell, and because I do evaluate all this, I'm like, did he write that in two minutes or did it take him two hours? Like, cause you know how sometimes when people have a hard time and you would know this for creative people, sometimes you have creative people who are now, you know, will analyze something for 18 billion times. And some people that just have it kind of come out, the way that, that you convey your whole universe is very organic and natural. So if you have all of that, I could see how I would literally go into a murderous rage if I were in the house. And just I, just, I think the moral of the story is I think we have to put into New York City for a statue of Catherine, preferably in Times Square where hopefully you'll be uh, for the rest of your life. That would be nice, knock on whatever fake wood, whatever I'm knocking on right
2: now. Listen, she, she has, it's something she has to put up with. And you know, this is really funny It, it I, and I appreciate you know, you're saying that about the gram. I don't feel, I know that I'm born different, but it's also something that I've really, really worked on. Mm -hmm. I really, it it helps me to be peaceful, to view the world, to view like beauty. And it's something I have to practice every morning. And it's not something, you know, I don't, (laughs) there's also a way that it can be, you know, just, um, Hey, look at me and the way that I view the world. Isn't this amazing? Mm-hmm. And that's not the point of it. It's it's what literally helps me moment to moment mm-hmm. not get my heart rate going. Bada, 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 bada. And believing that in a time, you know, like with, with twins, that there can be an element, not although not every second, of amazing. You know, real quick, there I remember when we when we announced that we had twins. I had some people come up to me and, and, you know, just people, well-intentioned people being like, Oh, well, your life's, I mean, your life's kind of over now or like you're fucked. And, and for me, I, I had to, I, I have tr- worked hard to develop a force fields around me spiritually to, to not accept that. Mm-hmm. I just, I won't, I accept challenges and I accept things can be painful. And I think you can admit when things are hard and, Absolutely. But like, you know, when you set something in your mind like that, mm-hmm. it's a cage, you know, and I don't believe in cages. Yeah. Um, and
0: just going from what you said before, because I do, I do want to correct that. When I say that you're different than everybody else, I do know that anybody has the opportunity to be different if they want to, but not everybody is brave enough to do that or can, you know, sometimes you're, you have painted yourself into a corner and you just have to go with, where life's going to take you, but it's, it's really, it's a good gift for not only the people that follow you on social and the people who've been able to see you on stage. It's very inspiring. And it's inspiring that as a twin parent, where the majority of us are, you know, sinking underwater and we're like, will I ever get up? The fact that you could hear music in a cry gives me so much hope. And that is, is gonna be something that I take with me from this conversation. Is that just the way that you're like, I have to think more about the way that Catherine thinks about it, right? Which we would say Catherine's like the normal one in this conversation. Like, I think that the majority of the universe thinks like your wife does. But the fact that people like you exist that can hear different things, it is, it's very inspiring. And we're so lucky as a world that that have you, Right, And that you were given a platform to be able to share that and say, listen, there's more than one way to look at this. You know, we mm-hmm. could be miserable and we could totally, you know, be like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. I don't know how we're going to make it work. I need to be my creative genius. I don't know. You know, why did we have so many kids? What's going on? You literally are making the most beautiful life for you and your wife and your family and still producing inspiration is really what you do. That's really what you do. If you have to say what you make, sure you make art, but you really make inspiration because when people see you on stage or when people hear your voice, that's what you're giving them. They could see it the way that Catherine may see it and be like, that's music, period, end of question. Or they could see it through your eyes for a second and see this is, this is more than a song. This is a life story that I'm spilling out to you that happens to be lyrical. So it's really, I'm honestly, I have chills. I'm very lucky that we have such an eclectic group of people within Twiniversity. And I would have never in a bazillion years have ever thought this is what I would be doing with my life. So I kind of accidentally done this, but to meet people like you that have done everything, every time they open their eyes, it's not only how am I going to get this role? And how am I going to do this? It's like, how am I going to make the world better? And how could I show the world that this is music and not a baby's cry? So I really like humbly thank you for even entertaining the opportunity to say yes, to play with us for a little bit. I'm, I'm really grateful for you. Honestly, Joshua, I'm very, very, very honored and, and grateful that we're, we're friends now.
2: Thank what you. you, like Thank it or you. Not. I, I really appreciate that. And it's really great to talk to, to someone who has been through this, you know, like I need this uh, communion, if you would like to be able to like just bounce ideas up. I'm so grateful that twin Diversity exists that ha- has incredible resources for, for new twin parents because I, Catherine knew about y'all before I did. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, from the, the, the posts to the podcasts, you know, we got to stick together. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's that, really you know, true. It,
0: it gets, you're going to go through ebbs and flows, just like with your career, you're going to go through ebbs and flows of parenting. And there's going to be times that it's a home run and you got it. And you want to share that with everything everybody that you had a home run and then you're going to have just a dry spell that's going to be horrific and you can't believe it happened and that's what we're about like we if you if you really follow us and look at our whole story of twin diversity it's not you know natalie Diaz's story of her twins as i roll my own eyes because i don't want to hear about my story either it's the compilation of everybody's thoughts and opinions and then you pick and choose at your little twin University buffet, you pick the pieces that you want, whether it is that you need to have the negativity because misery loves company and you don't want to be positive right now. I don't want to, I just don't feel like it. And I think that's valid. I think a lot of people will say, how could you feel that way, blah, blah. No, man, be negative. Go down a spiral, do it, enjoy it, but come back. And, and, you know, we're going to link it to something that you're like, oh, I didn't know about that. That's so sweet. But now for, for your final thought before you have to go back to your reality, and I appreciate that you even took this much time with us, but what is the one kind of thing? And I know it, it's really tough to stick it in, into a bottle here, but for all of the, the universe that's out there that has a creative spirit whether it's they're acting on it personally, professionally, or don't uh, don't know if they should act on it. And it could be anything from pottery to art to, to just writing down a poem about something. What is the one little tip that you could give somebody that maybe you've found in your fatherhood journey to still be able to nurture the love and the passion that your creativity has and yet still... Balance this, whether the Olympic rings were great, but on a day-to-day basis, how could somebody get something done or find the time to do this? How are you doing that?
2: Um, for me, um, I, I, I think community is huge. Part of the reason I can do what I do is because we had family here. So try to keep your family as freaking close as possible. Um, So that's one thing. I don't wanna pretend like I'm just doing this like a magician here. Um, For me, it starts and it ends with the belief. And the belief that, for for instance, last year, last year was a really hard time um, just before the twins came. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Catherine was really suffering and, Samson needed more attention and I had no creative outlets on stage. And for me, I had to think about the idea that creativity is always present. Mm -hmm. So I had to get creative in the moment with my son. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's my art right then and there, right? To be able to find a way to entertain this kid and make a moment like, get lost in that moment. So I didn't have my I didn't have my microphone right there. I didn't have my guitar in that mm-hmm. moment. And like you said, there's just going to be these moments in life where you're nailing it and then you don't have your creative tools. So you mm-hmm. think, oh, I must set my creativity aside. Creativity is endless and ever present. That's what I believe. And and so in the moments where it's three in the morning, you're rocking your kid, yeah. you know, What's the rhythm? Is it three, four or is it six eight? You know, how can I still be the musician? How can I still be the artist, you know, when there's no stage, when there's nobody clapping? That's really what it's about for me. Like mm-hmm. you said, those practical moments of being like, okay, I got a kid in one arm, you know, and I, you know, I don't have a stage, but guess what's happening right now? A dance party. Mm-hmm. Having a dance party. And that's going to fill me with so much. It's going to mm-hmm. fill Samson with so much. So the biggest thing I think is understanding that your creativity, whether you are Beyonce, Oprah, or Joshua Henry is not confined to, you know, one canvas mm-hmm. or one stage or, or you know, a, a recording. It's always there if you allow it to be.
1: Mm.
0: Wait, I can't wait to see you on stage. You were in Chicago (laughs) last time, it was too much. I can't get there. Come on, this is it. I can't wait, I'm gonna be Uh, in the front row, I'm making a sign. So, you know, uh, and I'm gonna chant, and I know that's very inappropriate for theater, but I'm gonna do it. I think Kinky Boots, that was acceptable to bring uh, signs and 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 a plot. All All right, I think whatever it is, whatever you're in, that's what I'm doing, it doesn't even matter if it's like a dramatic role, I'm gonna be like,
2: it's like Othello. <laughs> He's got
0: twins. That's it. <laughs> it's Natalie. I'm That's like, it. That's I'm me. Just... It's me. It me. I would be like, I'm hey, going to be bring in the up. back. I'm going to buy my last minute TKTS tickets for $20. dollars i be like, what? Joshua show? Okay. It's my nine time it. All right. I got it. I can't wait, I'm. I'm we're, we're so lucky to have you in the universe and I'm so lucky to have you as part of our Twiniversity family. And I look forward to watching these crazy boys grow and, and seeing what, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the pieces of you and the pieces of your wife that kind of meld into the little humans that you're making. Mm. It's gonna be the sweetest, I can't wait. I can't wait and you so make so it work. one in one, I mean, honestly. You may get a little Catherine and a little Joshua. You never really know. And hey, then it, Sam's is just on his own. Time. That's
2: it. <laughs> You're like, who's that kid? Oh. Thank you so much for allowing me to, you know, just talk and, you know, be understood and listening. And thank you for your incredible questions too. You know, as a new dad of twins and with three kids, uh, I really need that. And thank you.
0: Listen, you belong to a lot of communities, but I'm telling you, we're we're definitely going to be one of the most unique of the twin parenting communities. So guys, if you enjoy Joshua as much as I do, we're going to put links below of every way that you could follow him, hear his music, see clips of him on YouTube. It's all there. There's so much to digest and it's all family friendly. There's a lot of stuff out there for you to enjoy as a team. And remember, kids don't need to, I swear, if somebody freaking plays Baby Shark one more time, I'm going to lose my damn mind. So introduce them to real music and play that in the background. It's why my kids Listen to Zeppelin more than anything. I'll never understand this, but somehow we did right with the music, but that's just one element that you could bring from the Henry family into yours. And if you need anything from us here at Twiniversity, we are so easy to find. You could email us at, community at twiniversity.com or follow us on literally any social platform. We are there just at Twiniversity. And guys, until next time, guys, see you later, alligators. Joshua, say bye to the universe.
2: Bye, universe. Bye, Twiniversity.
0: (laughs) You guys know we love you, right? We know that you love our Twiniversity. It's why you're listening to our podcast right now. But often we know that you guys might need a little bit more support. And you may want a little bit more from us. And guess what? We have it. So you could actually sign up for a Twiniversity membership right now you'll get the extra perks you've been looking for to expand your twin parent knowledge, you'll connect with other parents of Twinnies, and you could start building your twin parent village. It's 49 bucks a year for your membership and that includes live Zoom meetups with other twin parents from around the globe in addition to our Twiniversity Mob Squad leaders. We're going to have monthly guests. You're going to get your questions answered. You're going to be able to connect in breakout groups with families just like you. And you'll also have access to our Twiniversity private Facebook group that you could connect with other twin parents right then and there. You could get your questions answered again and have people help you with any issues that you're dealing with. And you could also find a twin parent mentor. We have a ton of people on that Facebook group and we want you guys to be a part of it too. And so now, we're also adding another thing for our memberships where you're going to have full access to our learner library of videos that are videos for all stages of parenting and more concerns about raising two than you even thought you needed to know about. So to start your membership today, visit Twiniversity.com membership.